we're going to be talking transmission with uh, uh, your host, uh, Joe. And we're going to let you take over, Joe, for the next uh, 50 minutes. Thank you, Francis. Appreciate it. And I think we all are missing a little St. Elmo's and the, uh, you know, the cocktail sauce and the shrimp. But hey, uh, this is great. Too. We get to connect uh, around the world. And you guys have been doing a great job. I, too, have been watching. And it has been uh, very fun and informative. And uh, I think to see you guys evolve this technology so rapidly. So Hollinger Engineering, gentlemen, transmission so significant and important to any racing program. Uh, it's great to meet you guys, Lee, Dana, Bill. Uh, this is an area that, you know, you make the power, you got to get the power to the ground, shift those gears as rapidly as is possible. So uh, take us where you want to take us as we begin our journey, learning a little bit about your engineering, your product, and why it is so uh, important and why so many good teams have used it. Racing gearboxes in general, I guess, are are nothing new. Um, but Hollinger has been, you know, in the business for nearly 50 years. Um, so they've been kind of in the beginnings of the whole sequential racing gearbox, you know, uh, segment of the market um, in sports car racing primarily. Um, but sequential is now... I'd say because of, uh, you know, a lot of different factors and, and how sports car racing has evolved uh, in the last five years, maybe 10, um, sequential shift gearboxes are becoming more the norm. Um, so I think um, Hollinger has been kind of involved at the beginning. Uh, so it's, um, yeah, sequential is, um, the only thing we do anymore, just about. Uh, now it's just a matter of whether or not it's going to be uh, something that you shift with your hand or shift with the paddle. Um, and that paddle shift aspect is becoming a little bit more approachable for some people now because of the electronics that is available to, you know, motorsports customers. Certainly it seems fun, feels like a video game. Uh, Bill, owner of Bill Raider Motorsports, you're putting this into application and you're using the product talk a little bit about why it's been beneficial to you helping you pick up et lap time etc and let's try to uh let's try to formulate who are who our potential customers are bill yeah um the whole whole nice thing with sequential gearboxes is the speed of the shifting uh when you uh when you have uh the uh, paddle shift and the proper shift strategy and everything made made up then uh it eliminates a lot of mistakes that can happen uh miss shifts over revs that kind of stuff it's pretty much uh the strategies in the setup is good uh you can't really hurt the gearbox or the engine that's always good uh you know customers that we you know are interested in doing this stuff the road race guys do it uh you know we we, we do a lot of uh you know road race cars hill climb cars um, even straight line drag race guys, uh, I've done a lot of, uh, Hollinger conversions, uh, for, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys are doing some of that stuff. So. Very interesting Hollinger, uh, Lee, as the engineering director, you're building the product and putting it into these race cars. It's obviously something that you're proud of, but let's talk about nuts and bolts here. Um, you might, someone might spend a little bit more on the product, but there is a reason to do that. Walk us through. Well, look, 
Um, our products, we start at the very beginning with the best materials, um, uh, very high strength castings that are all heat treated to T6 specifications. Uh, that helps both with machining and also strength of the castings and that sort of stuff. But even if we go back down to the, the raw billet material, we have that all specially made for ourselves. Uh, it starts off as a vacuum arc remelted steel that's um, basically same as what the aircraft industry uses, but uh, we source it for ourselves. So, yeah, we try and save some money. Uh, but having starting with those uh, very good products at the beginning and then working all the way through, uh, making sure all our designs are correct. Uh, we spend a lot of time, years developing a design before we put it to market. And then basically everything we do, we try to make it as consistent as possible. So we use the same heat treatment facilities always. We use that. We try and do as much as possible in-house. In so everything from uh, turning, machining, milling, gear cutting, uh, shop painting, Everything is basically done in-house. All our grinding is done in-house. So everything we can keep control of. Uh, now, that makes the products uh, possibly slightly more expensive, but they're very consistent, um, which means we can then plan our designs and our capacity of the transmission very easily because we know exactly what everything's done because we do it all the, all the same way every time. Uh, so that means, yes, we uh, can manufacture a product that's more reliable than a lot of our competition and more consistent, basically. And we put a lot of effort into the hard machining of all our products. So after heat treatment, all the gear teeth are ground. Um, this gives us better profiles, more consistent um, pitching, all those sorts of things. Even our cramble and pinions that we do, they're all hard finished after heat treatment. So heat treatment distortion and things like that never come into it. Uh, so means, once again, everything's more consistent and we can plan around that. And if you buy a gear from us uh, 10 years ago, we can still manufacture the exact same gear today. Uh, and that's the way we also plan looking forwards. So it means basically we can still service all our products that are very well look we've been manufacturing transmissions for nearly 50 years so transmissions we were selling back to bmw back in the early 1990s for their touring world touring cars we still manufacture those components and service those gearboxes so even uh it means our transmissions have a very long life and that makes it more cost effective Absolutely. Uh, Dana, what are you seeing with your customers uh, as the uh, America's manager? And, you, you know, we already heard Bill talk about, you know, many different applications, maybe even drag racing, certainly a lot of the club racers out there, but uh, higher level machinery. What, what are people looking for when they come to you? And why is uh, Hollinger a good match in terms of shifting speed and performance? Well, I think um, what we find a lot of uh, lately is customers are building cars that have more and more power. Um, and that in and of itself is 
is creating limitate, you know, the standard gearboxes have limitations. So if they want to take their car out into a track, they, like, you know, toy. Um, very easy to out, to outpower what the stock drive line has. So we find that we're doing a lot of upgrades to cars that are, you know, converting their cars to a full-time track piece. Um, so we have to take our universal style racing gearboxes and then adapt them to various vehicles. So, you know, the, the popular cars in the U.S. are, you know, front engine rear-wheel drive V8 stuff like Mustangs, Camaros, things like that. Um, and we also do a lot of uh, European sports cars. We do a lot of work with Porsche applications and BMW as well. So we have a pretty wide range of gearboxes for the for the V8 stuff, and we also have a lot of transaxles um, becoming more and more popular these days. So we, we do a lot of mid-engine transaxle work for you know fabricated cars, kit cars, or we also do uh, conversions for cars that were um, already a transaxle application, but just making a lot more power. So you know a Porsche Turbo, for example, that is normally in the four to 500 horsepower range is now making 800 plus uh, track car and they need something that's going to hold up. So we've got basically gearboxes that have been um, in, in, in some applications are essentially a, a, a bolt-in in place of original boxes like in the case of a, you know, a Porsche 997 cup car, for example. The original factory gearboxes can be taken out and the new complete Hollinger box can be in its place and mounts and oil fittings and water fittings everything is all this is all compatible. So a plug and play replacement that is going to be able to handle whatever horsepower you throw at it. And I think that's something that maybe people don't consider with the way it seems like and, and feel free to correct me Lee or, or Bill it, it just seems like you can unlock a lot of the potential that is in a car easier these days. I think we spent the last couple of days learning that making the horsepower can be at the tip of the keyboard, but ultimately it's got to run through that transmission and you're going to need a unit that can handle it. And if you don't do that, well, there's the damage you were talking about, Bill, or problems you could set yourself back. And so this seems like a plug and play solution. Um, for a lot of applications, yes, that's correct. Um, as Dana said, for the, the Porsches, we have quite a few solutions, uh, even all-wheel drive solutions for some of the hill climb guys and that sort of thing. Um, and then, obviously, for a lot of the uh, Chev or Ford-powered um, guys out there, Mustangs, Camaros, those sorts of things, we've got uh, complete uh, bell housings and... Uh, transmission setups basically so it, it may not be completely plug and play for all of them but it's very very close um, we also I mean basically there's almost uh, no car now that we can't put a transmission in um, everything from Lamborghinis, Porsches, uh, Vipers uh, all those sorts of things uh, through to off-road buggies, uh, Dakar cars, rally cars it's basically we can pretty well cover the complete field of motorsport. Let's talk a little bit about those V8 uh, muscle cars. And not that I don't like and appreciate and love the exotics, I certainly do, 
but for every one Lamborghini, there's you know thousands of powerful Mustangs and Camaros. And I, I see potential for those people who want to upgrade their driveline. So what, what are we talking to put a sequential gearbox in say, uh, a, a powerful Mustang or Challenger or Camaro is uh, how uh, achievable is that? Well, I think um, I don't what you're after. I mean, most of these guys are they're spending quite a bit of money on an engine. You'll have to spend to get a proper motorsport gearbox. You'll still have to spend a, a fun money. They're not inexpensive. I think, let's say for example, a Mustang. Um, to put a sequential gearbox with a gear lever for shifting in a Mustang, it, it's probably by the time you're done with the proper flywheel, clutch, drive shaft, everything else, you're probably in the thousand dollar range. Um, but on a car that might be, you know, pushing six figures in, in investment, uh, it's yeah, especially when it comes to a, some of the more serious engine builds. Uh, it's it's crucial to get a gearbox that'll that you can rely on. And that makes sense. Some in, some upfront money that you'll spend on a gearbox like a Hollinger pays dividends down the line because you'll only have to buy it once. And it will last you instead of having to buy something that might be not quite up to the task and having to service it constantly or miss an event. Or even if you're just spending money on a track day and you've put the car out there and spent some money on tires and gas and hotels and things like that, spend a weekend at the track and you find yourself on the team, you know, and have it underneath it trying to figure out what's going on. There's, there's a significant amount of, of money lost for you don't get to run. So there's, uh, as Lee had mentioned earlier in the, in the conversation, there's probably some uh, initial money up front that might be higher with the Hollinger, but the overall cost of ownership is significantly you know, lower because it, they hold their value. Well, and isn't that the lesson that hopefully people have learned from other people making that mistake throughout the <laughs> sport, right? Like that's a story that has gone on since racing began. Like I, excuse me for, sure. you know, doubt on something. And then I had all kinds of problems, not to mention the time investment to go in and pull it out. Now we do have a question and we ask people to submit questions in the comment section. Uh, those of you out there on the World Wide Web, epartrade.com. Derek has been watching all day long, has been absolutely great. What's up, Derek? But your, your audio, Dana, broke up just as you said the number for the Mustang. And I know oh, okay. a lot of these Mustang guys, Camaro guys, the idea of a sequential gearbox is really appealing because you have best of all worlds. You have your power and muscular feeling with the efficiency and shifting that you know you can get with an exotic. So tell us that number again. Audio broke up a little bit. We can hear you, but just that one happened to be on the negative okay. side. Yeah. So the a six-speed sequential for a Mustang starting point is right around eighteen thousand. Certainly, there are people spending that kind of money on their cars, especially race racing cars that are out there involved in some sort of 
uh, sport, just the tire bill. Bill, you know about that, uh, obviously, very well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is an expensive uh, sport, and if anybody you know thinks any different going to racing, they're they're not they're going to be pretty disappointed. Um, but uh, you know, the, the, what I like to say about the Hollinger, uh, you know, uh, the choice making a choice between a, a, another brand of gearbox and and the, and the Hollinger gearboxes. Um, whenever I'm uh, you know trying to you know sell somebody, recommend somebody on a, on a complete gearbox. Uh, change um you know sometimes you know racers are really well informed uh they say well, what about this brand of box and what about this brand of box and, and my answer is always uh pretty simple you know those guys uh the other guys uh, i don't know too many other manufacturers in the country that have a a, a representation in the country like uh, hollinger does and uh you know i if i need parts for any gearboxes it's usually a day away at the most we've had to get stuff from australia it's been maybe a week um and uh so the the level of support that we get um from from the guys at hollinger is just second to none and uh that really is a big part of it and, and uh most of the time we don't need parts for these things they just work um usually they they get damaged when they first install them in a car and they're working on tuning the uh, fine tuning all the shift strategy, and that's usually when a little damage happens in, in a car that hasn't had a, a gearbox like this before. Um, but once it's set up, everything's great. Lee, let's expand on that a little bit. What sets uh, Hollinger apart from the competition? I know you've got a lot of experience in V8 supercars, for instance, uh, a few years back. Those are amazing machines, not lightweight by any means. Um, talk a little bit about your company and the experience of Hollinger and what sets you apart from the others. Well, the fact that um, we have been around for a very, very long time. I mean, we made our first sequential uh, road, like uh, gearbox for an OEM back in the early 90s for BMW. Uh, we also did a lot of the front-wheel drive stuff for the British touring cars back then as well. And it's the consistency stuff that I know it sort of sounds like I'm harping on, but the fact that uh, we still manufacture parts for gearboxes we made 30 years ago. Um, and that doesn't mean it's 30 year old technology. We just make sure that everything we do is consistent so that we can, uh, it's backwards compatible as far as. Uh, usability for those customers who have got the old gearboxes and then also the new stuff yes uh, we are constantly developing new products and that sort of thing um, we make sure that the products are developed with a long life and good serviceability all our products are made so that you can service them with standard tools you don't have to buy special tools or special bearings or special seals and all that sort of stuff. We make sure that no matter where you are in the world, um, because realistically, uh, Australia is actually a very small market for us. It's a worldwide company. So everything we sell, you have to be able to service everywhere. So you don't want to have to buy a special bearing from us that you could have to wait a week for to get from the other side of the world. You can just go down to your normal bearing supplies and things like that. So we try to make, sure in the design that everything is designed for serviceability and cost-effective uh, racing, basically. Yes, there's a little bit more up front, but in the long run, I can guarantee you 
our transmissions got, cost less to run than other manufacturers. Um, it's just the way that's sort of the mentality we've always had. Well, that, that so, makes a lot of sense. Consistency, reliability, serviceability, and once it's in, you're not going to have to take it in and out uh, many times over so you can spend your time racing or driving, uh, et cetera. What's, what's hot right now, Lee? What's popular? Dana, feel free to jump in on this also. We're in 2020. It's been a, a weird year to say the least, but the car aficionados and certainly the racers are using this time wisely. They're upgrading their uh, their drive lines. They're upgrading their everything. Frankly, the way it's looking, uh, what's what's hot? What's popular? What are you selling a lot of? Um, I think the the two big things are uh, our mid-engine transaxles um, and the inline gearboxes for uh, BMW. So E46 M3 is a very popular uh, track toy and um, somewhat more affordable than it used to be. So we're doing a, a quite a few gearbox packages for the M3s. Um, that's probably that one in the, is probably the most consistent as far as an inline box, you know, the front engine rear wheel drive. But um, certainly the transaxle side of the business has really exploded in the last, you know, 18 months. So we not something that Hollinger ever expected to take off as well as it did. Um, so we're spending a lot of time developing transaxles for circuit racing, and now the off-road side of things is starting to come to play too. And we can probably expand on that a bit, but um, you know, the off-road side of things is beginning to, to, to get underway. Well. That makes sense, especially with the mid-engine transaxle, because I don't think you want to be pulling that thing in and out any more than you have to. Uh, it, uh, you know, Bill, dive in on that with you know some of the types of cars that your customers are coming through. I know, I know, Dana just mentioned some of the off-road, but uh, you know, list some list some vehicles that you might you might recommend putting the uh, the Hollinger box in. Yeah, uh, you know, my, my business is kind of built around uh, mostly Porsche stuff. Um, so that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big part of, of what I do. But I also um, have been involved in, uh, you know, uh, several Lamborghini and, and Audi applications. And, uh, you know, I know that, uh, that they make, uh, I recently tried to, uh, been working on, working on a deal to, to do a BMW box, like Dana mentioned. Um, we're working on one of those. Uh, there's been some, uh, or those Dana, the, the Scion uh, gear, uh, gearbox car, uh, cars that needed uh, that. We have some guys that were working on doing a sequential for that. I think there's some pretty cool yeah. Subaru stuff out there. Was that what it was? Yeah. I think, you know, because of the popularity and the media of the Mustang GT4, which uses a Hollinger gearbox and paddle shift system, um, people that have Mustangs have seen that what a pedal shifted, you know, Mustang can do on the track. Um, so we have a, a decent number, consistent number of, of that type of gearbox packages into Mustangs. Um, again, like I said, it's not an inexpensive investment, but 
it is an investment, something that you could even, we've had customers buy gearboxes and pass them from one car to the next because um, they last that long. So, um, but yeah, Mustang, Mustang track cars are always, always out there. Yeah, that's a good point, Dana. You know, I, I work on a lot of those. I work on a lot of those uh, Mustang gearboxes for Dana, and uh, they just hold up really well. Seems like they're they never you know need too many major parts. So good stuff. Well, I, I think we're going into uh, you know John Kilroy. I've been saying uh, throughout the weekend and. Uh, uh, the gentleman from Racer that we're about to experience like a great reset or we reawakening in motorsports as everybody is able to get back out there. And when that happens, the last thing you're going to want is to have some sort of gearbox problem that sidelines you again. People are going to want to race. And uh, to me, it's very exciting. So uh, Lee and, and Dana, obviously, Bill, jump in on this one in terms of prospective customers who are trying to figure out how to select what is right for them. Tick off a couple of, um, you know, some methodology on how to select whether or whether or not uh, the Hollinger box is going to be right for you or which, uh, which to go with. Uh, lean in on that. Sure. Well, I think the, when we, when we get a, an inquiry, with a you know prospective customer, um, obviously the first and foremost question is you know what sort of car they have, what they intend to do with it, um, what type of racing are we dealing with. Um, once we have a a picture of what the guy is looking for, how much power the car will be making, and then what their expectations are for. Um, how often they use it, that sort of thing. Um, we can get a gauge on what, how long your gearbox would be the suitable application. And then we can kind of give them some ballpark numbers on, you know, what kind of investment we're dealing with. All the, just as a side note, all the Hollinger gearboxes are built to order for each customer. So the choice of gear ratios and if it's a transaxle, how the differentials are set up and adjusted, all those things are completely open and left to the discussions we have with customers so we can kind of customize just what they're looking for. So, you know, a guy who's building a car for a standing mile race is not going to have the same requirements as a guy who's driving you know, a local car club, you know, track base. So there's a lot of um, because Hollander has so much customization available as far as ratios go, virtually every gearbox style that Hollander makes has a very big range of ratios available. So we can suit all engine types, RPM ranges, um, and, and demands on the car for what type of racing it is. So the, all those things kind of play into it. So we can work with the customer to come up with a package that we would then recommend. And, you know, if it's something that, um, you know, it's not a small investment, but um, we are unique in the sense that we're not going to force something down their throat. We don't have an off-the-shelf package that may not be right for them, but we do it, because, you know, we won't want to sell them something that's not right. Um, so we have the ability to 
customizing virtually everything. So we we uh, we feel that's an advantage with Hollinger over others too. Um, a very wide range of customization. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, you know, premium brands, you know, nowadays that's that's what people want. They want reliability. And as, as Lee was saying, what about, uh, let's talk R&D with the company. Lee, you mentioned this is, a, this is a longstanding company, been around for a long time. Standby product, continue to service customers. That's what people want as things are, are revamped. Uh, you know, you want to be able to rely upon uh, your, your company and your business. At the same time, new cars are coming to market. I can't help but think about the mid-engined Corvette transaxle and all the new around that vehicle. And it's going to be popular. And, you know, how do you guys handle a situation like that when you see there's something coming, it's new, it's fresh, it's popular, or it's going to be, people are going to want it. They're going to want to race it. You want to be in that product line. Is that something you guys attack right away? Do you wait and test the market? Do you see what the factory OE stuff is? Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts about that kind of uh, that project as new cars hit the market? It varies from car to car a lot. Um, for instance, uh, we do a lot of work for KTM sports cars in Europe. Um, we equip all of their race cars with our transmissions. When that car first came out, we got one here and developed a package for it. Now that's been developed to a different gearbox now because they've gone up in power. They now, their latest sports car, they now run a, a five cylinder engine um, with more horsepower and that sort of thing. So it doesn't, the old transmission was. Uh, packaged to fit in a standard car. So the new uh, sports car is slightly larger. So we've gone to a slightly larger transmission. We've also gone through to an electric shift mechanism. So it's basically the uh, sequential camshaft is driven directly by electric motor, to, which allows for a lot more uh, scope on different shift strategies and things like that. So. Uh, as far as R&D goes, there's always something happening. Um, for instance, at the moment, uh, getting uh, into the off-road, more into the off-road market, we're playing around with uh, torque converters and the systems to control that. So there are, yeah, plenty of things always happening. As far as the Corvette goes, uh, it's we already have a package that will bolt up to that uh, the engine that the Corvette is using. Um, we just have to see as far as driveline position and that sort of stuff, whether that needs to be modified for that car. But uh, as I said, uh, we've got basically an application for all, almost any car in the world, um, from four-wheel drive Evos and Subarus through to the sports cars in Europe. Uh, so it's uh, there's not much we can't actually package and help out a customer with because as Dana said everything is customized to every single customer uh, we build to order basically very exciting I think that's uh, what what people want and folks out there on epartrade.com watching along from around the world uh, you know club racers SCCA racers we've certainly spoken a lot about uh, about you guys as the backbone of uh, this industry and people who go through a lot of parts maybe you're not racing professionally but you're doing it for the love and you want to have uh, the most track time as is possible. Uh, Danny, you mentioned the, you know, off-road world and how that is expanding. Uh, I'd like you to expand a little bit on that in tracks 
limited, off-road, unlimited. There are just so many different ways that you can go off racing, off-road racing. Yeah, I think most of the off-road stuff that we're starting to get into now is, is transaxle base. Um, we've had the benefit of working with uh, one particular for several years now here at, that runs the Best in the Desert series um, on some of the four-cylinder buggy stuff. Um, so we kind of got our feet wet um, with our first inline transaxle um, with a four-cylinder turbo-powered buggy. Um, and we were a little different than, than many of the ones that were out that are out there, the, the stalwarts in the business that are in there now. Transaxle-wise, we're a little different. We're a little smaller looking. A lot of people had their doubts about whether it was going to hold up to the shock loads that, that off-road racing, uh, desert racing puts on, on beer boxes. Um, but it's been, it's been quite good. It worked out quite well. They keep moving up to bigger and bigger vehicles and, and bigger versions of our gearbox. And uh, like Lee mentioned, we've got um, our large series transaxles that are now set up to, it's a six-speed sequential, but it also has the torque converter um, involved to dampen some of the shock loads that would normally come back. Uh, through so that's you know people do that uh, already we're not innovating that but that's a, a new thing for us um manual a manual racing gearbox with a torque converter on it um, is something we had done in sports cars so um we have uh high hopes for that that should be i think lee was mentioning that should be up in a car running before the end of the year um and then We've got another transaxle families that's even bigger still um, with a 12-inch diameter ring gear and that sort of thing that's in the, in the works uh, that we've been, um, it's been planned for some time. We've been, unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately and unfortunately, we're, are, we've been flat out in the filling orders so much that we haven't had a lot of, as much time as we probably like to to continue to develop a new product, um, but they managed to, to fit a lot of stuff in uh, in the last six months, uh, and progress is being made on the development of the new biggest transactional that we've got, which is good for some of the really high-powered stuff. Um, so yeah, off-road is, is, again, something that we haven't gotten historically too far other than, you know, um, like Dakar type, uh, you know, rally type things. We do that regularly, but the, the desert racing that you see here in the States is, is fairly new for us, but I think the product will, um, will show that it'll be a good choice. We'll be, we'll be a competitor out there um, as soon as people start seeing what it can do. And I think that we're noticing a trend here. It is again, where, you know, desert racing, you can't be let down by your equipment. Not only do you lose the race, but you're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it, 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 the challenge of that, like being presented new challenges as uh, someone who, you know, you're the engineering director, you've built your life and your profession around conquering challenges, complicated challenges. So like, 
desert, transaxle, you know, buggies, Baja 1000 type stuff where these guys are just, you know, racing over the earth, presenting you guys a new challenge. It sounds like the box is impressing people. Um, but talk about you and just, you know, your passion to come to work each day, knowing that you've got to conquer these, these uh, complex physical uh, challenges. Um, well, I've been coming to work here every day for nearly 28 years. So uh, I enjoy it. Um, I started off on the floor as uh, one of the technicians or uh, in the gear cutting section, manufacturing gears and worked my way up through the, the company basically. So uh, from uh, being a fitter and turner, they moved on to basically in the d design section and did that for many years and then eventually got the to opportunity to basically start managing the business uh, when the original owner and uh, founder of the business, Peter Olinger, uh, basically he was getting older and wanted the business to continue. So there's a few of us stepped up to start managing it under his uh, guidance, basically. Um, and yeah, we uh, basically, he passed away 10 years ago and we've continued the company on from there basically um, I think he'd be very proud of where we've taken it we've developed a lot of a much wider product range in the last 15 years or so uh, originally when we first started out it was mainly just the inline gearboxes for the V8 supercars and things like that as you said but there was a very good proving ground the V8 supercars are a very competitive and tough series so they uh, the products we had to develop for them had to be very good uh, they wanted uh, long service life and things like that to make the series more cost effective and I'll be honest I think they've taken some backward steps in the recent years because the series is very expensive to run now uh, but um, that's motorsport for you things don't always go in the correct directions but uh, everybody's laughing everybody's <laughs> laughing everyone's like smiling dana's like yeah and bill's like yeah um look i mean as bill said motorsport is expensive it's not something you get into thinking you're going to be able to do it cheaply but by making some correct decisions you can make it far more cost effective than what it could be otherwise it is my understanding that uh, our NASCAR series is switching to the se sequential uh, gear <laughs> at some point soon. You laugh. What uh, what experience can you lay upon us coming out of you know V8 supercars and have had it for a long time? It's old school technology to you guys. We we've, we've got you know H pattern. Uh, we're about to move away from that. What are what are we about to experience? Um, <laughs> I think. Look, I think it'll change the series quite a lot. Uh, the traditional method of transmissions for you guys, I'll be honest, I think it probably was quite a good uh, solution. The transaxle uh, will, in some ways, I think on the road courses and things like that, it'll be a much better option. But for the oval stuff, uh, I think we'll see. We'll have to wait and see how it all pans out. But I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the new series goes. Uh, whether it's more cost-effective than the old one, I don't know. I think that has to be seen to be. Remains to be seen. Uh, Bill, yes. 
Uh, talk to the folks out there as if they are uh, someone coming into your shop who knows about your reputation, who wants you to guide them to the right thing. And you've mentioned, you know, they'll say a company or another company, I've heard of this, or I've read about this, or my buddy's got, or et cetera, and so on. How, how do you cut through the, the noise and direct them to, obviously, you're here with Hollinger, you're on screen with these guys, you believe in their product and, and their methods, um, and obviously, their human resources, as we're learning here today. But, you know, what do you say to those people? What is effective to, to cut through the, the clutter? Well, that's just it. You know, most of the people that come into my shop know my reputation and know my experience. And, and, and uh, you know, it comes down to um, I, I've, I've been through uh, with Hollinger products. I've been involved in many Daytona 24-hour wins uh, with their gears and, and the current gear, Porsche gearboxes that we're running. And, uh, you know, that, that's a, all that, all that engineering and quality that went into those gears that were in those gearboxes still exists in the, in all the products that they have today. And it's even better. And, uh, you know, the, the, I, I usually have a pretty good, good, uh, pretty easy time convincing people that, you know, because of my experience, this is what I recommend, and they usually listen to me. And, and uh, when I recommend something, and that's, that's the way it goes. And then, it, and, it, and then it, uh, it's always good. It's always a really nice. Uh, and a lot of the gearboxes, the transaxles that I purchased from Hollinger, uh, you know, have always. It seems like I haven't done a normal one for the past, you know, three or four that I did with these guys. And we did some really crazy uh, upside down custom bell housing, you know, all wheel drive just insane stuff all will drive in a cup car gearbox you know stuff like that and and uh there's never any any pushback uh like oh we really can't do that you know the, we really shouldn't you know we can't do this can't do that it's always positive you know uh the customer wants this i i request it and those guys do it it's amazing <laughs> so that's that one is. of the things that you got. you're working them i like it I like to hear you got to you got to push the envelope. Uh, Dana, what about that? Uh, customers like Bill coming up, dreaming up stuff as racers are supposed to do. That's why we love to watch them. Um, and, and you you uh, you go with the flow. Absolutely. I think um, it, it keeps things interesting when uh, you let people dream up some car concepts and things like that. And, and because of our, I'd say, relatively unique ability to customize the product, um, Hollinger's willingness to make changes and and learn about the needs in order to engineer a, a you know the best solution possible. That's always been kind of an exciting part of it. You get to see something really different that you, know, you haven't seen before. We've done a couple projects with some bikes being um, you know, vehicles in the last year or so. There's some stuff upcoming. Um, we did a, a really cool project with uh, a company called Bimmer World. They, uh, James Clay is the guy who owns uh, the company. And they, he wanted to build a really crazy E36 BMW that has ground effects and a late model GT3 BMW V8 twin turbo engine in it and it's you know it makes Jesus that much power it's 12 1300 horsepower or something like that and it's gonna be up next week you know 
um, coming up next year. And um, in the meantime, he's out at Circuit of the Americas uh, for, for events. Um, he's taken on social media. So really impressive car. And that was a, that was a unique situation. That was one of our transaxles that um, um, is actually a, a front engine vehicle with a transaxle in the back. Uh, completely pneumatically shifted. All the clutch and the alternator and everything else is mounted on the gearbox in the back of the car for weight distribution. It's, it's a really interesting project. It came out uh, really well. So there's wow. something interesting going on. That's what I, that's what keeps me coming in. Well, exactly, and and you want that. You 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 know you don't work in a cubicle. You are you're living a life where you. It's a, a great challenge. All right. So for for folks out there that are in this market, in the market for a gearbox, in the market for something that's going to be reliable and not leave them on, you know, on the side of the racetrack or in the desert and they don't want to take it out and they don't want to make the mistakes that we've uh, learned about here. Um, you know, what's the best way for them to go about contacting you guys and continuing their exploration as to whether or whether or not this is right and even maybe working on some of those custom solutions or the right shift patterns we were talking about a little bit earlier like where does that journey begin with uh with hollinger well as with most um it's something you can hit us up on the internet first and there's three primary locations for hollinger representation around the world we have uh, hollinger europe it's based in germany we have hollinger america based here in california and of course, the headquarters based in Melbourne, Australia. And between the three of us, we're almost 24 hours a day reachable. So the contact information for all three locations is on each website. So you can, if you get to Hollinger online, you can get to any of us or all three of us, uh, um, whichever is the most convenient for you, whether it's an email or a telephone call. You know, we're, we're here. Oh, that's great. And we're going to send them your way. Uh, everybody's on epartrade.com. Now, I have to ask this question, though, and this is just me and I can't change who I am. I've heard it pronounced both ways oh. multiple <laughs> times by all of you. Which, yep. which is it? Hollinger or well, Hollinger? Lee? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I can't even answer that one because uh, Peter used to say Hol Hollinger and his son says Hollinger, so go for it. <laughs> okay. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I, I as, just... as there's only, only one L in it, so when you're trying to look for us. <laughs> right. Right. Well, e either way, I'm glad we did that, and I, I, I was just following your lead, guys, and I appreciate you. <laughs> You guys have got a great product. You're helping people out there who love motorsport. We appreciate that. Thank you very much for taking play, uh, part in our e-part trade uh, you know, industry week. It has been amazing to learn about your product. And I encourage uh, everybody out there to check you guys out on epartrade.com. Bill, good luck, obviously, in your 24-hour racing. And thank you for what you do. Dana, excellent work fighting through a challenging audio issue. We heard, <laughs> we heard, everything. We heard everything. You did good. You were like... Well, you, you know, you were like Lou Gehrig when he gave the speech with the echo in the background, but you fought, you fought through it. And we really appreciate consider that. And Lee, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And Lee, thank you very much as well. Excellent job. Excellent product. We appreciate you. Thank you, Joe. 
Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.